This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. As November comes to a close and we enter into December towards the wonderful celebration of the birth of Jesus, Pastor Ray wants to remind us how we've been made to change things and what a wonderful creation He has made us all to be. We often hear that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world, but Pastor questions if most truly know what that means. Just how special are we? Surely Jesus didn't become man, live on this earth, and suffer the crucifixion so that when we finally accept him, we could live anything but an exceptional life. Pastor's powerful two-part story of the men lowering their friend through the roof to meet Jesus speaks of every Christian's power and ability to make a change in someone's life. Jesus perceived their actions as faith, and the man was healed. Let's now see how we too have been created to change the world. Let's open our Bibles to Mark's Gospel, chapter 2. We're going to read a little story and make some comments. And every one of us have been created to make impact. God is looking and desiring and wanting to make impact. That's what this church is here for. That's what we're here for. We're not here just to have a nice little bless me club, a little let's come and sing a few songs and patty cake and clap and go home and feel good about it. We've been created to change the world. Wow, that went over like a lead balloon. I said, we've been created to change the world. See, the problem with most people, we're just so hung up on our own needs and wants and desires and our own little problems and our own little life that we've forgotten that we've really been placed on this earth to really impact other lives. That's what God's called us to do. I'm going to say it again. We're here. We've been created to change the world. And you possess within you all of the power and ability to make a difference in somebody's life. You've been created to change the very... If you will answer the call of God and obey God and listen to God and live this word and listen to the teachings that your pastor is churning out every single week, not just to make you feel good, but to get you filled up so that you can go out into your little sphere of influence and change that, inf- that, that area, change people within that sphere of influence. If you listen, I'm going to tell you what, God's going to use you mightily out in the world, and you're going to see, you're going to see how your life is going to make a difference in somebody else's life. Your life is going to impact somebody else's life. And we can talk about prosperity, and we can talk about, you know, getting healed, and we can talk about getting our needs met, and we can talk about all the wonderful subjects that we like to talk about. But yet there is no greater subject than this one thing. My life impacting somebody else's life for the things of God, or with the things of God. When we go out into the world, we got to, we, I love that song we, we sang this morning. I love that new song. We're salt and light in the world. 
We're supposed to be salt and light in the world. Salt is a preserver. You know, it, it's a preservative and, and it preserves things and light, you know, illuminates. And that's what we're supposed to be doing in the world. Salt can bring forth healing and, and light. See, we're salt and light in the world. So I want to go over some verses today and we'll see what, where the Lord takes us. But I want to start in uh, Mark's gospel, chapter Two, and we're going to start at verse 1 and learn some principles and some things that I think will be very helpful and encouraging to us as we look to our lives and see that we've been created for impact and that God wants to work in our lives and through our lives. And it says here, and again, he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. Wow. The, the message got out that Jesus was in the house. And it says, verse 2, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Wow, praise God. You know, it's still a miracle today that you can preach the simple word of God and crowds gather. That's what Jesus used. He didn't use any gimmicks. He didn't use any schemes. He didn't use any fancy things. Like today, you know, some people won't go to church unless you have a a performance every week. You got to have a show. It's like a floor show in Las Vegas, you know. You got to have a, you know what I'm talking about. They got to have, you know, everything, the lights flashing. It has to be a floor show in order to get people to church. Well, this church was built on the, on the principle, on the idea, the thought, that the only thing we need to do is to give out the word and it will cause a stirring and it will cause excitement. And people will come because people are hungry. They're hungry for the word. They need the word of God. It's only the word of God that's going to change their lives. As you go out into the world, you know, you can encourage somebody, you can say nice things and you can try to stir people up. But really when it comes down to it, the only thing that's going to change their life is when they hear and get hold of the word of God. Jesus was simply preaching the word of God and it says the crowds were gathering so much so that there wasn't enough room in the house. And I'm still believing and will continue to believe for the day that this house will be so filled with people who just want to hear the the preaching of God's word. Sometimes it's preaching, sometimes it's teaching, and I call that treaching. Sometimes you're preaching, sometimes you're teaching. I call it treaching, and uh, sometimes you do a little of both in, in the same time. But Jesus, all he did was present the Word of God. And I believe, and I stand on that to this day, that that's what builds solid churches. That's what builds solid people. When the Word of God, in its simplest form, is preached, and the people are encouraged by it, and that's what Jesus was doing. Obviously, they were hearing something that got them really excited, and it seems to me like there was a revival that was stirring. People were getting very excited, and they're coming in masses, and they're gathering to this place where Jesus is preaching, so much so that the room is packed, and there's no room for anybody more to come into this, into this place. And verse, uh, verse 3 says... Uh, He says, then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Wow. Here are these four guys getting ready to go to church. Let's just say it that way. Getting ready to go to the meeting where Jesus is preaching the word. And he must have been preaching a good word, boy. He must have been preaching things like healing. And he wasn't only preaching it, but he was demonstrating it. People were coming up to the altar and getting healed and going back and, you know, fixed and put back together. And these four men must have either been sitting in one of those services or they heard about one of those services. And here they are. They go and they get their friend who couldn't get himself there. He's a paralytic. They had to carry him there. 
Now, mind you, they didn't have any medic, medical vans. They didn't have a, a pickup truck. They didn't have a car. They didn't have a motorized wheelchair and all the things that handicapped people have today to get them around. He was lying on a bed. And these four men went and picked him up and dragged him to the meeting. Man, I'm going to tell you what. There was revival going on in those four men. There was something awesome. Dear God, I pray for a day where we will get so stirred in our spirit. We will have such a faith in our heart that's just building and mushrooming on the inside that we, we reach out for the lost and the hurting and say, we're taking you to church because we know when you get there, you're going to come in contact with the power of God and your life is going to be changed forever. So these four men, now, you have to understand this was an act of compassion. They had no ulterior motive here. There was nothing selfish about this, this, uh, this act. This was totally motivated by compassion for their, their hurting friend. Let me tell you what, folks. If we're going to change anybody's life, if we're going to help anybody, if we as a church individually and collectively are going to do something great for God and really see people be fixed and help, it all has to be motivated from the spirit of love. And that word love, you see, these guys were motivated by a word, I like to use this word, called compassion. They had compassion on their friend. They saw his, his suffering, and they knew that there was a way to fix that suffering, and his name was Jesus Christ. Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is still fixing broken lives, broken bodies, broken homes, broken marriages, broken families. But just see, this word compassion is an interesting word because if you take this word and break it down, it comes from two words, calm and patty, and it means to feel the pain of another, to feel the pain of another. And until we can really come to this place in our lives where we can feel the pain of our neighbors, to feel the pain of our friends and our relatives and those that are around us, we're not going to be able to be that effective or that useful for God. We've got to see that in our, we're called to this place to make impact, to make a difference in someone else's life. But it all has to start from this point or emanate from the heart of love, the heart of compassion. I want to help you. I want to talk to you about Jesus. I want to bring you to church. I want to give you a Bible. I want to give you a book that will help you and fix your life. But it all comes from this place because I have a heart of compassion. Dear God, I pray that in the body of Christ and most certainly upon this church that we'll begin to operate and a higher level of compassion, not just, you know, do it because we, it's something to do or, you know, preach the word because we, we have to, but it's because we want to because we see that men need the word of God to make a change in their life. Compassion. These four men, they didn't have to do it. They did it because they had compassion. One of the things that I see is the coordinated effort it took these men to gather together and to walk this man, uh, you know, physically walk him with the carrying the weight of, of, of his body, of his limp body on their shoulder, the effort that they put into this thing. You see, you see, most of us, we don't want to be inconvenienced. This is, oh boy, that went over like a lead balloon. We don't want to be inconvenienced. These men were not, they were not afraid to be inconvenienced by the moment, by the need. They were willing to do whatever it was that they needed to do, to, you know, whatever they had to do to get this guy to that meeting, they did. So here they come trucking down the road with this lame man the, on, on their backs, bringing him to this meeting, and they get to the place. They get to the building. And it says, and when they could not come near him, Jesus, because of the crowd, okay, let's just stop right there. They, they get to the meeting, and they find that the building is packed. 
Now, for most modern-day Christians, you go to a meeting like that, you just turn around and you go to Dunkin' Donuts or you go to the diner and say, well, I guess it wasn't God's will for us to be in that meeting. But these men had such persistence. They persevered the, the, uh, the, the obstacle. They decided that they weren't, they went, they went, you know, they went to the front door, they couldn't get in. Now, I'm just going to give you Pastor Ray's version. Is that all right? Can I just give you my own version? We haven't written that yet, but maybe one day we'll write a Pastor Ray's version of the Bible. And, and so they go around and they look for a window, but they couldn't find a window to come in, come in. So they go to the back and see if there's a back door. They couldn't find a back door. So these crazy guys, what they do is they climb up onto the roof. You see, this tells me something. This tells me something. If you can't find a door to go through, don't give up. If, if a window's not open, don't give up. If you can't find a way in, don't quit. There was a, there was a persistence in their faith that... that kept them from quitting and giving up just because they couldn't get in. All the signs, all the signs that were presented to them said, no room in the inn. Access denied. But they refused to receive that. They said, no, we're getting in that building. Boy, we need that kind of persistence in the body of Christ. Dear God. Now we know what happened in the story. Let me just go on the story. They get up on the roof and they start digging a hole in the roof. Think of these crazy guys in a stranger's house getting on top of the roof and start digging a hole in somebody's house. This is how desperate they were. This is how, how persistent they were. They were, they were, gonna, they were, ref, they were not going to be refused. They were refusing to be refused. They were getting in that house and they were going to get before Jesus. If we could get this kind of persistency in the, in the Christians of this modern day, in the modern day Christian, in this day that we live, if we could get Christians to have this kind of faith and this kind of persistence, dear God, what would happen? I was thinking about the story. Do you realize that they were, when they were carrying this man, that they didn't bring any tools, they didn't bring any ropes. They went up on the roof, roof and they started to dig a hole. This means that somebody had to go find some tools and somebody had to go find some rope. Look at the compassion. Look at the, look at the faith that they were using. And they weren't inconvenienced. They said, whatever it is, we're going to do it today. Like I said, modern day Christian, you break a fingernail, you won't go to church. You wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you won't go to church. It's raining out. No, let's just stay home and have a family day. You won't go to church. You know, you get up in the morning and, you know, you don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You don't seek God. You don't, you know, and, and, and but look at the, look at the persistence that these guys had. Look, look at the, look at the, I mean, they just wouldn't quit. They couldn't get in. I'm going to tell you what, if you really want to see God move in your life, if you want to see miracles, if you want to see the outpouring of God's spirit, there's got to be that, that boldness to say, nothing's going to stop me from going to church. I was just, I was just uh, talking to a, a man who, in the church who has been through a really horrible time in his life, and he's had some real tragedies happen over, the la- over last year. And, and, but, you know, I saw the man come faithfully every week to church and worshiping God and lifting up his hands and praising and thanking God and, and still, had a, still had strength in his voice and still speaking faith and victory. And although he had all kinds of stuff happen to him that were really not very good and tragedies in his life. And I, and I said to him the other day, I caught him out in the hall on Thursday night. I said, brother, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. I've watched you. I've watched how you've been acting and living since all of this stuff happened in your life. And I want to tell you something. You are the real deal, brother, because you've not allowed the pressure of the moment. You've not allowed the obstacles that have come in your way to cause you to turn around and go away. You've been persistent in your faith. You've been persistent in your worship. You've been persistent in your walk with God. And I could see the glory of God coming upon your life. 
I'm going to tell you, if we're going to make impact in anybody's life, if our lives are going to be blessed and increased, we've got to get that persistency working and operating in our life. We, we should not be refused. We should not at the first sign of trouble. See, these guys didn't let the obstacle that was before them prevent them from moving through and completing the mission that they were assigned. You see, that's what we have to have in the body of Christ. These guys were crazy, man. They jump. We need some crazy Christians. We need some Christians that'll be so bold and crazy to do crazy things. That's a crazy thing, man, jumping on somebody. Stranger's roof. I wouldn't want guests like that in my house, digging holes in my roof. So here these guys are on the roof, digging away, had to go find tools and a rope. They had to come up with a plan, you see, when you're hot for God. When, when, listen, you're not going to let the obstacle stand in your way. You're not going to let anything prevent you from taking it all the way home. You, you see, whatever needs to be done, you're going to get it done. You're not going to run away because you don't have what you need to get the job done. So these crazy guys are on the roof and they're digging away and and Jesus is preaching. The preacher is preaching and all of a sudden dust starts to fall. Sheetrock, plaster starts to fall. And I'm sure it was like everybody must have been like, what is going on here? What is that noise on the roof? What's going on? Think of this, interrupting the preacher. Look how desperate they were. Interrupting the preacher in the middle of his service preaching the, the word. And they're digging away, digging away, and the sheetrock falls, and then all of a sudden light breaks through the ceiling, and four faces look down at Jesus from above. And Jesus looks. <laughs> now, if that were me, I'd say, What the heck are you guys doing up there on the roof? These guys were desperate. Now, it says in the Bible, it says, When Jesus looked up, it says, when he saw their faith. Now, now, not only did he see four faces peering up, all of a sudden, here comes this guy on a stretcher that they start lowering down. For. Look, look at the coordinated a, a action that took place here. Look at how these guys had to work together for a common goal. Man, if we could get the body of Christ on that page, if we can get God's people to be that coordinated and that bold and that courageous and that to have that kind of audacity of faith to say, listen, nothing's going to prevent us. We're here. We're on a mission and we're taking it all the way to completion. (laughs) If you could get that principle operating in your own life. And, and not be a quitter, but be a finisher. Decide, listen, nothing is going to stand in my way. I'm going to be like the four men that carried the paralytic. It doesn't matter if there's no room, if there are signs all over that say access denied. I refuse to be denied. If there isn't a way, I serve the God that will make a way. And he'll make a way for me. And I'm going to get through and I'm going to get the blessing that I seek and I desire. These men wouldn't quit. They wouldn't quit. I just love that point so much because I've just seen so many quitters in the body of Christ. You see, I've seen so many people that start off in faith and end up in doubt and unbelief. I've seen so many people that were on the right path turn around and go the wrong way. Why? Because they hit resistance. They, they didn't want to be inconvenienced. They didn't want any, any, any pain. They didn't want any, any uncomfortableness. They wanted everything to be convenient. They wanted everything the way they wanted it. They didn't want to press. They didn't want to push. They didn't want to take a stand. They didn't want to drive it all the way home. These men prove a point that when you will push, when you will have the boldness and the courage to push beyond the obstacle, Jesus will stand up and take notice and a blessing will come your way. How are 
are we going to bless the world if we're not persistent, if we don't show and demonstrate the boldness of faith? So these four guys dig the hole in the ceiling of the... Man, I'll tell you, that was, that was bold. That was bold. Think about that. They didn't even think about the damage they were doing to that roof. They had one thing in mind. We're getting our friend before Jesus. Look at the compassion. Look at the, look, look at the persistence. Look, look, they just refused. They said, we came all this way. We're getting in before Jesus. Boy, I'll tell you what, Lord God, I pray. I pray that we have a church of people that have that persistence in faith. That persistence, we're not going to quit. We're not going to give up. We're going to keep pushing. We're going to keep building. We're going to keep doing. We're going to take it all the way home to the end. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So, so Jesus looks down and Jesus didn't rebuke him. It says that Jesus saw faith. He said when he saw their faith, you know, that, that boldness, that boldness that they demonstrated, that persistency, that courage, that audacity to do something that was different, that was out of the ordinary. Jesus perceived that as faith. That tells me when we live and act in boldness and we're, listen, when, when we have a sickness and all the signs say that we're sick and the doctor tells you, well, you got something here now that, you know, can't be reversed and you'll have to live with it and put up with the drippy nose or put up with the aching back or whatever it be. And, and we say no in the name of Jesus with a persistent spirit. My Bible says that by his stripes I am healed and I'll take healing over sickness any day and I will stand persistent. Come on. You got to get that persistency operating and flowing in our lives. See, Jesus perceived their boldness and their courage to do something different and to push against the, uh, the opposition, to push, push against the, the difficulty of the moment. He perceived it as faith. They didn't even say it. It wasn't even their confession. It was their action. You know, my Bible says in, in James, it says, and let me give it to you because I like this. It says, faith without works is dead. But if you really study those words out, let's interchange the word works for action and dead means is not really existing so if you were to take those two words and change it it would read like this faith without action is really not existing see it's it's non-existent faith unless you put action to what you say your faith really doesn't even begin to work the way your faith really works it's not just in the words you speak it's not just the thoughts you think really faith is brought to completion by the actions of your life that's how you complete your faith these men completed their faith by their action. That Jesus saw their action and he perceived it. He recognized it. He commended them for their faith because of their action. Now in the world, you look at that and say, these, these men are nuts. I mean, you see somebody in the church and, you know, they're, they're a little, you know, they may, be, they may look a little different than you. Where they, you know, they may be quoting verses or praying real loud in tongues or dancing up and down the aisles. Say, man, they're weird. They're weird. They're weird. But, you know, Jesus perceives it differently. See, Jesus looks at it differently. You see, Jesus is looking at the heart. And he perceived what these men did as faith. So he's looking at our work. See, Jesus, this is the question that Jesus left. He said, when the Son of Man comes back, when the Son of Man returns to earth, will he really find faith on the earth? And faith is not just something that you think. It's not just something you say. It's the action that completes the faith. That's what Jesus saw. He saw their faith. So that encourages me because when I'm acting bold and courageous, confessing the word and doing those things that I'm supposed to be doing, I mean, for most people, you know, um, 
First sign of first sign of trouble, the first thing that goes is, you know, we don't go to church or we don't give. We we pull back on our tithing or we we stop praying or we we stop confessing the word. That's the worst thing you could do in the world. It's it's in your doing that you're blessed. It's in the doing. It's in the action. It's in the activity where the blessing comes. Jesus perceived their action as faith. Tune in again Monday afternoon at two for more than conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC PO Box 8187 White Plains, New York 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.